Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, who humbled himself. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are two gospel readings on this Palm Sunday. Naturally, we read the account of our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but we also read an account of his passion, his trial, torture, and death on the cross. The first gospel is super happy and joyful. The second one is super dark and sad. Why do we do this? There are many answers to this question, as there are many, many connections between our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem and his death on the cross. I would like to focus on simply one of them today, and that is the flawed expectations of the followers of Jesus and how these two events reveal their flawed expectations. Those in the crowd on that first Palm Sunday had a very particular expectation of Jesus as the Messiah. They were expecting a political leader, a powerful king who would liberate them from earthly persecution and bondage. But this expectation was flawed. Jesus is indeed a powerful king. He did come to liberate the world from the bondage of sin and death, and his kingdom is not of this world. It's easy for us to fall into this same trap of flawed expectations about who Jesus is, to make him out to be someone that he is not. And if and as we err in this, it is invariably from being short-sighted, that is, making Jesus out to be a savior for some particular problem or dilemma in this life, in this world, and falling short of seeing his cosmic work of salvation, which completely transcends this world because it inaugurates a new heaven and a new earth. It is a mark of our fallen nature to envision Jesus as a savior of our own making, patterned after our own personal desires, making him to be the kind of savior we think he should be, or the kind of savior that we ourselves would be if we were savior. And at the heart of our flawed expectations is the failure to grasp altogether the why. We create the why rather than seeking to understand and submit ourselves to him and to his why. The people singing praises to Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem this day, they had the right Messiah, but they had the wrong why. They had the wrong reasons. And we too are vulnerable to this mistake, to praise the right Jesus, but for the wrong reasons when we realize that he has not come to do the things that we think he should do or be the Messiah that we think he should be, this disappointment can be altogether shattering. Indeed, many in the crowd on that first Palm Sunday were also gathered around the cross on Good Friday. 
either outraged or shocked, with utter disappointment and regret, their expectations altogether shattered. It remains a grave temptation for us to place our personal expectations, even our political expectations, and I use that word deliberately and with great care, because this was a political situation for the Jews. This is in the text. It is a temptation for us to put our personal expectations, our politics, in front of Jesus. That is to make them the goal and the ends, and Jesus as a means to our ends. When in fact Jesus is the goal, nothing should be placed in front of him. He is the ends. And he is the means to those ends. He is the way. In Christ, it is in him that we are able to be partakers of this, his heavenly kingdom that he inaugurates. In the same way that nothing stands between the Son and his obedience and devotion and love to the Father, so nothing is to stand between us and our obedience and devotion and love for our Lord. And this great truth is fully manifested on the cross. This is the mystical meaning of the cross. It is a profound irony that the very cross which scandalized those who were in the crowd at the triumphal entry, which symbolized for them just days later a complete and utter failure, of their expectations of the Messiah. This same cross is itself the glorious fulfillment of the messianic victory. G.K. Chesterton once wrote that at the heart of the cross, there is a collision, a contradiction. And indeed, to the world, the cross is judged as weakness and failure. But in God's divine wisdom, The cross is the manifestation of perfect strength and victory and love. How strange and ironic that this cross was and remains a source of profound confusion and disappointment and even sometimes despair when in truth it is the instrument, the very means of everlasting life and peace. The meaning of the cross, the why, behind the cross. It does not change. It is constant. It remains the same. It is our understanding of the cross that changes. It is the understanding of the cross in our hearts that makes the difference between disappointment or despair and rejoicing with the heavenly hosts, Hosanna in the highest. Our expectations have great power to lead us very far astray from God. And this is not God's fault. It is our own ability or inability, as it were, to listen intently to God's word and to receive his truth and to see through the lens and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to humbly lay down our personal expectations of who God ought to be and how he ought to save the world, and instead to receive from him 
the revelation that he has given to us through his Son, our Lord. We ought to be very wary of our expectations of who Jesus is and what we expect he will do for us and how it is that he will do this. Better to lay down our expectations and agendas and judgments and receive him and his word fully as they are. Remember, our Lord did not exalt himself or glorify himself. These are our temptations. No, he did the exact opposite. He emptied himself, St. Paul writes. He humbled himself. He was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And in turn, it is God who glorifies him and highly exalts him. This is our task as well. St. Ephraim the Syrian warns us, he says, Do not fill yourself before going to the table of the sun. He warns that if we do this, we may go away empty. In other words, let us follow the example of our Lord and have that same mind in ourselves which is in Christ Jesus, that we too would empty ourselves, humble ourselves, that God would be exalted that God would be glorified in us. May we continue to be vigilant and learn from our mistakes and forget completely what we think Jesus should be and do and place all of our expectations in him alone. Indeed, submit ourselves to him completely as both the means and the ends of everlasting life so that the cross which lies ahead would be neither a folly nor a stumbling block, but that we would rejoice and receive it as the very way of everlasting life and peace. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.